Welcome everyone to our Wizarding Wednesday, where we are going through another chapter of Harry Potter on our Mangum Talks Pottering Around uh, subsection of May. With me today are the uh, wonderful muggles, Spencer and Sarah. I'm not a muggle, I'm still waiting for my letter. I'm so a muggle, it's not even funny. <laughs> so you're saying you're waiting on another admit letter, Sarah? I thought you completed your education. Shit, I gotta rethink this. <laughs> no, let, let, let's be fair. If an owl shows up at your door with a letter, you're going to another 10 years of school. That's just how it works. Well, how do you think I got a PhD? <laughs> I was going to say, on the you know, other side of things, I feel like you've been majoring in potions for quite a while, for, for mm, our podcast, mm, to say the least. Mm, this is true. Arithmancy, I think. I'm not sure. This is leading me to, I mean, I don't know exactly how, how English graduate students get their acceptance letter. I can tell you that getting a law, a law school acceptance letter was a very different experience. <laughs> no owls. It was not an owl that delivered mine. Well, you chose the wrong profession, Spencer. Oh, I, I tell myself that every day. But luckily, I've got these kinds of things for escapism. So um, I think as we are uh, trying to do, we'll do a quick recap of the chapter, which Sarah's going to head up because if I do it, it uh, she'll be very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll go into our uh, individual sections and the things that we choose to talk about. Yeah, and I was told last time that my self-enforced deadline of two minutes on the on the summary, I went well over time. Thank you, BJ. So I have like actual <laughs> notes this time. This way we are gonna get mm. we are gonna get through this real fast. So is this the first time you've read a chapter for plot? Yes, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know right. if I liked it. Um, okay. Well, are we are we uh, ready? B- uh, BJ, do you have your timer? Uh, I do. I do. Okay. Okay. So we are now on chapter two, the vanishing glass, and so we start out. 10 years later from the first chapter where Harry was an infant um, and we are right back with the Dursleys and they are exactly as Dursley-ish as they once were. Um, We find out very quickly that Harry actually lives in the cupboard under the stairs with all of the spiders and the day that we meet them it is Dudley's 11th birthday um, and all of the birthday things are happening and we really pretty quickly see some sort of mild Cinderella-esque child abuse happening in terms of Harry and his relationship with the Dursleys. Um, as they kind of go through their breakfast and uh, Dudley opening his birthday presents, which there aren't enough of, um, the babysitter who is supposed to take care of Harry, Mrs. Fig, while they take Dudley and his friend to the zoo, falls through. They have to take him on the birthday trip, which is like the first time that Harry has been like out in the wild with them. I don't know. It's weird. Um, so they go to the zoo. A snake <laughs> winks at Harry. Harry winks back at the snake. Uh, Dudley and his friend freak out push Harry to look at the glass, the glass disappears, and they are suddenly in the snake enclosure. Um, The snake escapes while saying to Harry... Would you say it is uh, slithering away? (laughs) It's it's slithering away um, on his way to Brazil, which he's never been to. The snake was bred in captivity, but that's another story. Um, And Harry, who it turns out has been discovered in loads of inexplicable situations before, ends the chapter in deep shit with Vernon Dursley. Wow, I am very impressed. Yeah, Right around. Did that How about that? <laughs> How about them apples? I like them apples. Well done, sir. Well Thank done. Thank you. Thank you. I actually prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> and your preparation you is homework. paid off. Um, yeah, so that's essentially the, the sort of gist of, of this chapter. It's kind of an interlude chapter to get us, I think, where we're going. Um, so you're saying just... chapter two is an interlude chapter? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 
Sarah, I also just, I just also just realized that you've essentially volunteered to deliver like sixteen book reports over the course of this show. <laughs> chapter so. reports, chapter reports, chapter reports. Um, plot was always okay, a the book hardest. report of seventeen parts. <laughs> um, yeah. So where do we want to go from here? Um, so I figured we'd each do our segments, and then um, maybe we'll we'll introduce a segment that, that I'm going to call Pestering Sarah, where we ask you questions about the Harry Potter world and sort of where certain things fit in, uh, sort of thematically and or um, more specifically, since um, while I have read this book and, and the next one uh, a little bit over a decade ago, Spencer is a brand new. Um, okay. Hopefully this won't contain too much in the way of spoilers, but um, if it does, we'll say something and uh, maybe say, oh, you'll find out. <laughs> oh, that delightful taunting. Great. <laughs> A real teaser there. Um, exactly. we'll, tell, mm. we'll tell people to take their time turners and go on. Um, oh, sorry. That's third book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> it's a different language. Um, <laughs> So I'm happy to go first with yeah, go my um, made-up word and or uh, goofy pun. And mine is just going to be uh, Mrs. Dursley's pet name for for her son, Dinky Diddliums. I which... was rereading this chapter um, today because I was, A, doing plot summary, but also reading it thinking what is bj going to pick out because this is like a relatively normal chapter we are not in magic stuff mm-hmm. yet um yes they're just kind of moving around in the world doing their stuff and i swear to you that i chose that as what you were going to pick yeah uh there, there isn't much in the way of puns or anything else but i chose that because just the the idea that there's this 10 11 12 year old probably you know 10 or 11 i think 11, he's 11 yeah mm-hmm. um having uh being called dinkly Dinky Diddliums uh, to his face and kind of accepting it um, oh, yeah. at that He's age. Down. Um, th- there were a bunch of things about this chapter that made me question a lot of things about the book, but we will get to that in in our final segment. Um, but mm-hmm. but Dinkly Diddliums as the just <laughs> I one like of those... that it changes every time you say it too. <laughs> Dinkly Duddy Dums. It's Dinky Duddy Dums. Oh god, just just whatever it is, like you know, it's one of those those pet names that that a parent has for a child that the child should recoil from, mm-hmm. but there's something mm-hmm. just so wrong with Dudley that doesn't because he really like, revels in it. Um, I don't no, know. Spoiler: He does recoil from it. Not in okay. This well, book, he doesn't here, but later, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there definitely seems to be an element of his personality that's realized that by being a baby, he gets more things with less fuss. Yes, like yeah. him, him yes. still throwing tantrums whenever he wants something and fake crying. Yes. Yeah. So the other th- putting putting up with pet names may be part of that. Yeah. So the other thing that I just wanted to point out as just sort of an insanity that that glared at me, but it mm-hmm. isn't a pun. Um, just the the description of him as a child as a large pink beach ball wearing different <laughs> colored bonnets. <laughs> Was That's just, a lovely description. Yes. <laughs> Wait, evocative so does it, and entertaining. Does it say bonnets in your edition? Yes. Actually. But colored is spelled wrong. Interesting. Because in <laughs> my edition, bright. it says um, what looked like a large pink beach ball wearing different colored bobble hats. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got bonnets, too. That's fascinating. Yes, I, Spencer, I think we're no, we, reading the um, American sorcerers. version. Sorcerers. <laughs> hmm. They're sorcerers. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, well, Dinky Duddy Dums, or some version thereof, does come up in other books with less pleasant results. Gotcha. <laughs> um, all right, so Spencer, I'm going to turn it over to you before um, before long. You can do your <laughs> segment of... Uh... Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to... I'm going to call my segment now uh, just newbie's notes okay. of where there is such a cultural background of Harry Potter of where I can't avoid it to a certain degree over the years I've been growing up, but it's led me to have certain preconceptions about how the story and the world work that don't necessarily mirror what I'm getting when I'm going through the text. So, so I'm just going to highlight a couple of those I find surprising. Okay. A PG version of your previous segment on GOT? Uh, a certain element of it, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but... First thing I found interesting that I wasn't necessarily expecting was how much this chapter read like a classic fairy tale mm-hmm. of where it is purposely, it's a, it's a child's account of child abuse in terms of it purposely being exaggerated. He literally lives in a cupboard underneath a staircase with the spiders for friends. Dudley gets 37 presents and throws a fit that it's not 39 that include everything from a VCR, a bike, to a freaking gold watch. I'm the the gold is, watch on the ten year old, eleven year old now. I guess like that one really sort of threw me. Yeah, it it, 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 it it surprised me to the degree that it is purposely being styled like a fairy tale, where it's meant to be exaggerated, it's meant to be over the top, it's meant to be evocative of all of the extremes a child could imagine about what an unequal upbringing would be like, and that just caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be that kind of steeped in classic folklore. Uh, the other thing that I was not expecting was how magic works. I was expecting, based on the fact I've got a Harry Potter theme park very close to where I live, that uh, magic was through wands and magic words. That's been most of the visual I've had of how Harry Potter magic works. What I see here is more tied to, like, you know, the Twilight episode, It's a Good Life, of where it's just a natural a natural force about him that he doesn't have full control or understanding mm-hmm. of, but makes him have almost godlike abilities when he wishes to. I mean, he makes glass disappear at a will. He suddenly reappears in the top of tall buildings. He's able to instantaneously regrow hair. This is a wide array of skills that he's not had any prior training about that just seems to come to him by sheer act of will. And that's not how I expected magic was going to work in Harry Potter. Well, and so I can give a little bit to kind of preview our last segment, I guess. I can give a little bit of explanation to that in terms of the world and how that works, which is Mm -hmm. that before children kind of reach the age where they go to Hogwarts at at 11 or where they go to some sort of magical school. Um, If they have magical abilities, those come out in kind of random ways in times of heightened emotion. And so Mm -hmm. when Harry is scared or angry or hurt or whatever, um, he can kind of make things happen, but he doesn't know how it happens. He doesn't know how to control it. Um, And so in, in like muggle families don't really notice it necessarily. Um, until they put mm-hmm. together the pieces after somebody's gotten like an acceptance letter to go to Hogwarts, right? And then they're like, oh, well, hmm, guess that explains some things. Um, but in wizarding families, where there is a chance that if you are born into a wizarding family, um, you will not actually have any magical powers. Um, the same thing happens, but wizarding families know to be looking for it to, to sure. know that their kid has been born a wizard um, or a witch and not what we will learn eventually is called a squib. Hmm. Well, it seems like the Dur- the Dursleys having, knowing about, you know, uh, Miss Dursley's sister, mm-hmm. have a prior exposure to the magical world and aspects of their, I'll call it upbringing of uh, Harry Potter, seem to be built around the notion that they're expecting him to develop magical powers mm-hmm. and they're taking steps to control that. Anything they're to squash to it out of them, yeah. Yes. 
So that that is interesting mm-hmm. that they seem to have a bit of a connection of the magical world to expect that this is coming and be actively working to avert it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but we get those stories a couple of times um, because we meet a couple of squibs eventually and kind of hear their stories as well as some like magical folks whose like parents were not super sure that they were going to have magical abilities and started putting them in situations of high stress to try to kind of like force them out of them. Squib by its structure sounds like a put down. Should I treat that as an insult as we're going through the text? It, it, it is. Um, okay. We don't ever get a different like a term for it, um, but it is. So it's the only term that's ever used, but like it is, it certainly makes you a figure of pity. Um, although some of the squibs me- we meet are like so terrible that really cares about calling them a squib. <laughs> gotcha. So, so not quite like Raga, but. Not quite like Raga, mm. but kind of on that spectrum. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Well, that's what I got for Newbie's Notes. Uh, Sarah, what do you you got for your segment? So, so Spencer, I was going to say, Squib is Mm -hmm. like those... uh, It's the fake 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 exploding bullets, yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry, Sarah. It's also... It doesn't have something to do with fireworks, too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically just a little tiny explosive that you set off for a purpose. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right. So we are still, like, very much in the muggle chapters. So I'm still on every day I'm muggling. And... um, (laughs) I have a passage here where, like, we first find out that Mrs. Fig has broken her leg and can't walk, watch after Harry. And they're trying to figure out what the Dursleys are trying to figure out what to do with this because, like, they really, really, really don't want to take him to the zoo uh, because Dudley will not appreciate (laughs) that. I don't this is a whole this whole situation is sort of bizarre. Um, But Harry is like sort of joyed overjoyed by this situation because like something different is going to happen to him and so at some point they're kind of going through this list of people who might be able to take him and kind of checking them off the list and we get this passage you could just leave me here harry put in hopefully he'd be able to watch what he wanted on television for a change and maybe even have a go on dudley's computer and like in terms of just how childhood works, this is like this parenthetical of like, I'm in the house like alone for just a little while and I can do whatever I want. And like compounded mm-hmm. by the fact that like Harry really can't do anything that he wants in this household ever really. Um, but he has this moment of I could watch the TV and play with the computer. And also just the idea of the TV and the computer in the house and like those being the recreation activity that falls away from this narrative pretty quickly. But here it is forefront in his mind. And I found that really charming, especially as an only child who liked to be left alone in the house when my parents went out somewhere. So that is the most muggle of muggle moments. I like it. Um, so sorry, Spencer, you're going to say something. Yeah. I've got to say um, that reading through that chapter, one of the things that struck me was uh, Mrs. Fig, the uh, mad old lady mm-hmm. who I think broke her leg. Was yes, it? She tripped over That's- her cat. That's totally you, Spencer. <laughs> A, that's totally me, and B, Maybe I think I've finally... cabbage? Her house certainly there, does. I, okay. I just had cabbage soup, so my house <laughs> smells of cabbage, so we're continuing this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm so Mrs. Fig. I also just thought to myself as reading this that I've reached a stage in my life of where spending an evening looking through a book of someone's old cats kind of sounds fun. <laughs> That, 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 that seems like a pleasant way to spend an afternoon. I guess there's a stage in life when you reach that of where that just becomes your entertainment. Spencer, we've mentioned it on this podcast before, but I'm going to send you a copy of Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. <laughs> please, please do. That sounded so intriguing. Uh, All right. So in our last segment of where we ask Sarah questions, um, hopefully we'll limit it to, to only one or two per. Um, I ha- actually have two. So one of them is... Um, I noticed that the the muggles of muggles 
have um, repeating first letters in their names. Mm-hmm. And I, I, is that a continuing theme that the the muggliest, muggliest of muggles have? Uh, Dudley Dursley and his uh, friend. And... Oh, Peter Poulter, Peter Polkis, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's not, and partially we know that because we have Vernon Dursley and yes, Petunia true. Dursley. Um, and like, really, we meet some other Muggle. Um, but the Muggles don't matter. But the <laughs> Muggles <laughs> matter. <laughs> but. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think. We we get introduced to a few of them, so we do get introduced to Vernon's sister, Marge. Um, so her name is Marge, and okay. I believe so. Hermione's parents are Muggles, and I don't think either of them have a Repeating G in their first name. Yeah, gotcha. I think that is. I think that is left for the worst of the worst of the Muggles. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so the really the muggliest of the muggles. The muggliest of the mm. muggles, yeah. And I think um, that we can mm. see that Dudley and Peter are like not great in the world. Yes. No. <laughs> um, no. So I, mm. I will say that you know as I'm reading through this, I am appreciating more because I uh, at least a decade older than when I last read it, so I can appreciate books written for other audiences a little bit more mm-hmm. or a lot more. Um, <laughs> but there are some things that just. Like when I try and square them, feel very weird that like a ten or eleven year old can't add two to a number. Um, and also, I think this book was written, I want to say, in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the insanity of presence that that Spencer touched on, but like um, you know, a VCR, a computer, a gold watch, and sixteen games. Yeah. So so, what does <laughs> Vernon do? that basically has access to basically unlimited funds and at least one friend that that you know is vacationing in Mallorca on some you know random time of the year i it seems to me that he his like job at the drilling company grunning's drill company um, yeah mm-hmm. i don't know what he does but he seems like he's some sort of i don't think it gives him a job title in the first chapter and even then it, it would be like 10 years like on manager um, or foreman or something like that it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like a position that he'd just be like scrooge mcduck well so, so. i will what i will say is that in the muggle chat the early muggle chapters of the second book vernon is having like high muckety mucks from another company over to his house for dinner to try to close a deal with them mm-hmm. mm. um so it suggests to me that he might be like a vp or something like that okay that does make more sense. Yeah. Gotcha. So I, I think but, that he is like actually sort of executive in this pretty middling local company. He, he's C-suite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Dudley not being able to do simple math just still doesn't quite make sense. I, but that that if, still if doesn't make sense. If it's, <laughs> yeah. Right. If it's being told from Harry's point of view, um, then then that, that does make more sense. Spencer, I'll, I'll turn over the uh, putting Sarah on the hot seat to you. I've been All preparing right, I've my two. whole life for this. <laughs> well, mine is, a, I mean, some of these questions I'm sure you're going to want to say, you'll find out. But one of the ones I'm seeing a lot is that there appear to be a lot of magical characters that pop in and out of the muggle world, mm-hmm. I guess I'll call mm-hmm. it. Um, to what degree are the magical world and the muggle world separate, mm-hmm. intertwined, 
interconnected. How does it work necessarily? Or is that something I should wait to see? Separate but equal. Yeah, I mean, it is... <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> um, I don't think it's super spoilery that you get moments of it at different, at different periods. And for the most part, um, magical people and families live... Kind, some of them live really in and among sort of muggle families, um, but mm-hmm. most of them t- tend to live closer towards the outskirts, mostly because they are working and interacting mostly with magic people. Um, so they are gotcha. pretty separate. There are a few, so we will, rel- and none of this is spoilery except in sort of world building, but there is um, a Ministry of Magic that kind of does all of the legal and governmental stuff in the magic in- magical world, but their main f- their main purpose is to make sure that muggles don't find out about wizards. Like, that is their reason to be. There's a men in black of the magical world? Yes, that's exactly what it is. And so there are a lot of different departments that deal with a lot of things, but, like, their core focus is, like, the muggles shouldn't know about us. I'm guessing there are certain... I'm guessing, well, I'm going to see at some point a memory loss spell of some degree, based on how much they're popping in and out and interacting with me. Yes, that's true, and that's one of the kind of things that they have to deal with situations, particularly where, like, magic has got out of hand around... Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, follow-up question. Uh, I briefly decided to look at... The, uh, I've heard before the various um, wizarding houses or various houses that kids are assigned once they go to the magical school that I'm assuming we're going to get to at some mm-hmm. point in this book or maybe the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it looks like a snake is on one of these. Yes. Uh, appropriately uh, slithering. Mm-hmm. Should I deem it in any way relevant that the first major animal that we see Harry Potter interact with over the course of the series is a gigantic, seemingly rather intelligent snake? That it, Does that prove relevant for later? You should absolutely put a pin in that for later. Okay. It, it did strike me as interesting that of the various emblems here, uh, I don't think, from what I know culturally, Harry Potter ends up in the Slytherin house, but it seems interesting <laughs> that that's the first cre- creature he magically interacts with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you have, like, three chapters. Just... <laughs> just just hang on. It's coming soon. Okay, yeah, it's okay. coming soon. Again, again, I know enough to hang myself with this, and it's just interesting <laughs> to see what I can connect together or otherwise get misled by. Yes, um, but Harry will dwell on this ad nauseum at various points in his interesting. coming into being. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I got. All right, all right, so we're ready for the next chapter? I think we are. So thank you all for joining us on our pottering around with as a subsection of Mangum Reads, and that is a subsection of Mangum Talks. Uh, you can find all of our content on www.mangumtalks.com. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or want to complain about some muggle thing, you can uh, <laughs> click contact us at the upper right of the website. And you can find all of our content on iTunes, Stitcher, or our website itself. And thanks for joining us on this uh, Wizarding Wednesday. Till next time, everybody. Bye, y'all.